Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Father, we thank you today again for all these young folks and we just thank you for your love for them and we pray for each and every one of them. Lord, you heard all the names. Uh, Lord, I'm not going to repeat all of them, but you know every single one of them. You know their family members, their brothers, their sisters, their mamas and daddies, and all the people they love, their girlfriends. Father, we just pray for every single person that's on their heart right now. We pray especially for them, Lord, that you would uh, just help help them to trust you in such a way that they would know that uh, you're you're the God who can can help them through anything they go through in life. That you're the God that loves them, and that even though they may not get out of the situations they're in, out of the tough places they're in, that you love them anyway, and you'll be with them through it. So we thank you for that, and we just pray that you would be glorified today as I preach your word, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in John chapter 5. We're going to start back in about verse 18. Remember the book of John is about the seven key signs, the seven key miracles. And remember that that John uses a special word. It's the word Simeon, which means a miracle with a message. And every time Jesus performs a miracle, John wants us to understand that Jesus is God. He wants us to get past the signs and the wonders to see who Jesus really is. And as we've been looking in this section of Scripture over and over and over again, we've seen that the people keep looking to Jesus for the signs. They like that Jesus can heal them. They like that Jesus can feed them. They like all these things that Jesus can do. But remember, Jesus didn't come to make you happy. He came to make you holy, right? Byproduct of that is hopefully happiness, joy, peace, and the abundant life. He's promised us those things, but those things flow out of being saved. They flow out of knowing Jesus Christ, and they flow out of trusting Him and following Him. As we looked at this chapter, what happened in the first 18 verses was that Jesus healed a man who was laying by a pool for about 40 years, right? Been laying there a long time. He couldn't move. He couldn't do anything. And as he laid there, he had all these excuses why he couldn't get better. Nobody would take him to the well and or to the water and put him in the water. And, and Jesus was trying to let him understand that he was God. He could heal him if he would just look to him. Apparently this guy had done something because he says sin no more lest the worst thing happen to you and he gets healed and then Jesus when he confronts him that way the man doesn't really like it then he goes and tells the Pharisees who it was that healed him because Jesus had healed him on the Sabbath and the legal Pharisees the legalists of that day the ones that were the powers in control they didn't like that because they were the religious people They weren't saved people, they were religious people. See, there's a difference between religious and knowing Christ. Being religious just means that I go to church and I try to look good and I try to do right. 
But being a Christian means that I have recognized that, that Jesus came and died on that cross for my sins and I need to be forgiven because I'm a sinner just like everybody else in the world. And when I trust Him and I follow Him, from that day on, I don't have to go to church and I don't have to do all these things, but I want to do them because God has changed me from the inside out. See, that's the difference between people that do it just to be seen, do it just because they want to be better than other people. Those people are just religious people. But true Christians are those who have been changed from the inside out because they've been forgiven and God saved them. And they don't do those things to be seen, but because they love Jesus and they love other people because God has put that love in their heart. And so this guy doesn't like being confronted. And he goes and tells the Jews and then they get mad and they want to kill him because he did these things on the Sabbath. But then in verse 17, just to get us up to speed, he says, But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now and I have been working. And then he says, Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also that he said God was his father making himself equal with God. In other words, Jesus tells them, just as my father's been working, I've been working. And the Jews understood that he was saying he was God. And they didn't like it, and so they wanted to kill him because he defiled the Sabbath. But now they wanted to kill him even more because he said he was God. They understood what he said. They knew what he said, and they didn't like it. Because they just didn't believe, because they didn't want to believe who he really was. Because all these times we see in the book of John, Jesus does all these miracles, he does all these signs. And if they would have read their scriptures, which they did read their scriptures, but if they would have really understood them and looked at Jesus like, like they were supposed to, they would understand that he was truly God. But they didn't. All they cared about was they were the powers in control. They didn't want to lose their authority. They didn't want to lose their power. They felt threatened by Jesus, so they wanted to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. Jesus, as we get to the next section today where we're going to start, he says, Then Jesus answered, verse 19, and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. So, first of all, Jesus says that the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father doing. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. In other words, the Father and the Son are so joined together. They're one in nature. They're equal in power. They're equal in authority. And because they are, the only, only thing is, is Jesus... Because he's connected to the Father, he can only do what the Father does. So he's equal with power. And he says, whatever the Father does, the Son's able to do in the same manner. In other words, I'm equal in power. Secondly, he says in verse 20, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. 
So the second thing he says is that the father loves the son. And because he loves the son, what does he do? He shows him everything he's doing, right? And he, and he says that he's going to show him greater works than these that you may not believe, but that you may marvel. And, and what are these greater works? He tells us in verse 21, For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. And so here I believe he's talking about spiritual life. And the Bible talks about those that are spiritually dead and those that are spiritually alive. Anybody remember when we were talking about John chapter 3 verse 18 where it said that, that he who believes is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed on the Son of God. And the Bible tells us that all we have to do to go to hell is not believe that Jesus is the Christ, not to trust in Him, not to ask Him to forgive us and save us. I know one time I was in here and we were talking about some of these different sins and say, well, if you do this or if you do that, will that send you to hell? That's not what sends you to hell because we're all sinners and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. What sends you to hell is the fact that we don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, that He died in our place and He died for our sins. And so just as the Father is going to raise the dead, He's going to give life to those who are spiritually dead, even even the Son gives life to those that He will. In other words, He's equal in sovereignty. You know what it means to be sovereign? It means that I have all authority. You know when Jesus is called Lord? That means that he is, has the highest authority in all the creation. Everything. He's higher than anybody. And to be a sovereign means that you're higher than anybody in authority. And so basically Jesus says just as God is higher than authority than everybody, I'm higher in authority also. And just as he gives life, I give life. And then he says, secondly, he says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. You see, the Father has given judgment to Jesus Christ. A little while back, Jesus said, I don't judge. But but the reason he says that is because ultimately the Father is the great judge, but because Jesus came and died in our place and died for our sins, what does he do? He gives Jesus the right to judge everybody, right? Because Jesus is the one that died for our sins. And if we don't trust Him, then then we've dishonored Him, as we're going to see in a minute. And because we've dishonored Him, the Son gets to judge everybody. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can look in uh, Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to look at verses 5, excuse me, verses 9 through 11. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. He says, therefore, or back up to verse 8, and he says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him at the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
So Jesus has the highest position of all because he died for our sins. Go back to John chapter 5 now. He says that, verse 23, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So, you know, a lot of people talk about God, don't they? But, but when it comes down to Jesus, see, Jesus is the sticking point. Because people don't want to believe that Jesus was God. They say he's a good man, he was a prophet, or, or he was God for a little while, but then he became a man when he died on the cross, and all kinds of things people say about Jesus. But the Bible tells us in, in 1 John chapter 4 that, that if we don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh, then we'll never make it to heaven. Because that is what we need to believe, that God came down in human flesh and He died on that cross for our sins. And if you don't believe that, you're dishonoring Jesus. And when you dishonor Jesus, guess what? You dishonor God also. Because the Father is the one that sent Him. See, if I were to send my son or somebody sent you somewhere and they mistreated you, guess what? They also mistreated your family, right? Your parents. And that's the way it is here. Because Jesus has been mistreated, then they're mistreating the Father. They don't honor Him. So Jesus is basically saying... I'm equal in honor. I'm equal in authority. I'm equal in power. Just as the Father is God, I'm God. And look what he says in verse 24. Most assuredly, remember when Jesus says most assuredly, some of y'all's Bibles probably say verily, verily, or I tell you the truth. They all mean the same things. Jesus is basically saying, listen up, folks. Listen to what I got to say because this is very important. That's what he's saying. He says, I say to you that he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. In other words, he says, if you hear my word, Jesus says, if you hear my word, but yet you believe in the father that sent me, then you're going to have eternal life. See, the Father sent the Son, and the Son is the representative. But if you don't believe the Son, then there's no way you're getting to heaven. What does the Bible say in John 14, 6? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me, right? And so he says, but if we've trusted Him, we believed His Word. And remember what we've been saying all along, that they didn't believe His Word, but they followed Him because of their signs. When you get to John chapter 6, he's going to say it again. He's going to say, verse 2, Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Yes, John wrote about the signs for us to believe. But signs are not who God is. Signs were just designed to show us the way to God. If I take you over to the hospital, to the sign over here that says hospital, is that going to do you any good? No. That's not going to do a bit of good, is it? Because you're not going to be able to get any treatment over there by the sign, are you? That's not going to work. And so the sign points you to the hospital, right? It says this way to the hospital. 
And that's what every one of these signs are supposed to do. They're designed to say, this way to God, this way to Jesus, this is the way to eternal life. If you want to make it to heaven, yes, look at the sign. Believe in the sign, but believe the person behind the sign. Believe He is who He said He is, and when you do that, you'll make it to heaven. But if you don't believe what He says... You're not going to make it. And notice he says, And they shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Many people think that we're all going to stand in line one day. Y'all ever heard that before? You're going to stand in line one day, and everybody's going to stand in line to decide whether you're going to heaven or going to hell, right? That's what a lot of people believe. I don't know how many of y'all believe that, but you know what? The Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man once to die and then to judgment. In other words, if you don't trust Christ before you pass out of this life, your destiny's already set. That you got two choices. You're either headed to heaven or you're headed to hell. And once you pass out of life and you have died, there is no second chance. There's no looking back. There is no second chance. There is... No parole, there's no time off for good behavior. You're just set. You're going to hell if you've not trusted Christ. And if you've trusted Christ, you're going to heaven. There's not standing in line to figure out whether you're going to heaven or hell. Because that's based on whether you believe Jesus is the Christ and that He died for your sins and died in your place. And you've asked Him to forgive you on the basis of that. And if you haven't done that, then you're headed to hell. It's just as simple as that. And the problem is, is people think, well, if I do more good than bad. But this is not what Jesus is saying. He says, we won't come into judgment. Because you know what happened when Jesus was on the cross? All of our sins were already judged. Did you know that? When Jesus died, He said, it is finished. That word it is finished is a Greek word to telestide. It means your debt has been paid in full. And if you were to see a credit card bill or any kind of bill, and at the bottom it says balance zero, that means you don't know anything, right? Well, if you trust Jesus Christ, then He says, guess what? Your bill's been paid. You don't owe God anything. But if you don't trust Him, you owe Him everything. There's no time off. You don't get any, any kind of break on your sin. Every single sin that you've ever done in your life, anything you've ever thought, everything you've ever tried to do, God will judge you for it one day. And that's not a good place to be. But that's where these Pharisees were at. That's what he's trying to tell them. Because he doesn't want them to go to hell, but he knows that they're not willing to believe. And so he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. See, one day, says in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, or maybe it's 2 Thessalonians 4.16, he says there's the voice, there's a trump, there's the voice of God and voice of the archangel, and then what happens? The dead in Christ shall rise, right? And as we rise, what's going to happen is the people who have been saved, the people who have been forgiven, they're going to rise to meet Jesus in the air. And He's going to give us a new body. He's going to take us to heaven. And we'll be perfect forever. 
later on there's another judgment. And that judgment is over in Revelation chapter 20. Let me keep reading. I'll, I'll get to that one in just a minute. And he says, Those that hear will live, for as the Son has life in himself, he's also granted the Son to have life in himself. So just as the Father has the authority to raise the dead and take them to heaven, guess what? The Son has the authority to take people to heaven because He's God. And then He says He's also given Him authority to execute judgment because He is the Son of Man. Anybody ever looked at that term, the Son of Man? It's spoken of in Daniel. And it speaks of Jesus coming because Jesus is the Son of Man, but He's also the Son of God. Because he was 100% God and 100% man. Don't ask me to explain that. But all I can tell you is Jesus was born of a virgin. He was put in Mary's womb. And he came out and God's spirit was put in Mary. And he was born as a man. But he was also 100% God. And because he was 100% God, he could go to that cross. He could die for our sins. He could die in our place and He could take your hell and my hell and everybody's hell that's ever lived and ever will live and die and say it's finished. Your debt has been paid in full. Because when He died, He had paid for all of our sin. Anybody that's ever lived, ever will live, ever has lived, He paid for it all. But it's only effective if you ask Him to forgive you and save you because you believe He's the Christ and you need to be forgiven and you need to be saved. But if you don't ask Him, then you don't get it. It's sort of like having a million dollars in your bank and going eating out of the garbage can. That's not doing you any good, is it? See, everybody has the capability of being saved because Jesus said that He didn't want any to perish, but all to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But guess what? If you don't trust Him... You're not going to make it because he wants to give you the choice. Give me the choice. Am I going to trust him? Am I going to believe him? Or am I going to do things my way and end up in hell? So he says he's also given him authority, verse 27, to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all... All, A-double-L, who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And you say, well, Marty, that sounds like works to me. But you know what? It says over in Matthew chapter 7, it tells us that by our fruit we will be known, right? He says a good tree will not bear bad fruit. And a bad tree will not bear good fruit. And he says, by their fruits you will know them. And so if you're really truly saved, remember I said at the beginning of this message, that what's going to happen? You're going to live for Jesus and you're going to do the right things because you want to. Because you love Him. If you love somebody, guess what? You want to please them, right? If we love Jesus, we want to please Him. So we'll do good. We don't... And He puts a holy desire in us. He puts a new want to in us. We used to want to do bad things. But now we want to please God more than we want to please ourselves. That doesn't mean we still don't do some of those wrong things because we won't be perfect in this life. But it does mean 
that, that those who are truly saved are going to live for God. And those who are not saved are going to live for themselves. Listen to what he says over in Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2, he says in verse 5, But in accordance with your hardness and your unrepentant heart, that means you're not willing to turn from your sins, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of righteous judgment of God who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance and doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality but those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil he says everybody's going to come out of the grave Remember what I said over in Philippians 2? It said, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Let me read one more passage over in Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. In verse 11 it says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, whose face the earth and, from whom whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them, and I saw the dead, small and great. That means the, the poor folks, the homeless folks, the pitiful folks, and the great as you, you Donald Trumps or whoever you know you want to talk about. Those are the mighty people in life, whoever they might be that are not saved. And he says, standing before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works. By the things that were written in the books, the sea gave up the dead that was in it. And death and Hades deliver up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written into the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Anybody that's not trusted Christ, that's their end. I don't care how great you are. I don't care how pitiful you are in life. Your destiny is either heaven or hell. If you don't trust Christ, it's hell. God gives us all an opportunity to trust Him. And if we don't, then it's our fault. Because He loves us. He cares for us. He did everything that was necessary for us to get to heaven. But it's up to us to make that decision. Because listen what the last thing Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 30. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus says, I'm so inseparable from the Father that I can only do what He does because we're so close to each other. We're one, and we can only do what's right he says my judgment is righteous because I don't seek my own will Jesus is not wanting to do what he wants to do but he's wanting to do what the father sent him to do what does the Bible say that Jesus came to do to seek and to save the lost but you know what also he said he said he didn't come to save the righteous but those who are in need of a physician what that means is some people think they're going to get to heaven by their own way, their own will, their own works. 
And Jesus says, no way, Jose, you're not going to make it. The only way you're going to get there is through Jesus. So the question is, folks, do you want to go to heaven? The second question is, are you willing to trust Christ and follow Him? Because Christ is the only one who can forgive you. He's the only one who can save you. I will give my life to God. Well, today, if you want to do that, I'm just going to lead you in a little prayer. Alright, everybody quiet now for just a minute. I'm going to lead you all in a little prayer. It's, it's just words. It doesn't really mean anything unless you really mean it. But if you really truly mean this prayer today, then God will forgive you. God will save you. Because see, you got to be willing to realize that you can't fix yourself. Anybody in here realize that? We can't fix ourselves. Maybe if you don't realize it today, you will in a few years. But you can try and you can try and you can do all these things, but ultimately you keep coming back doing the same old things over and over and over again in life. And guess what? Jesus can change that. But guess what? You also have to realize that He's the only way. And then you have to be humble enough to say, God, I can't get to heaven by myself, but I want you to forgive me and I want you to save me. And if you're willing to do that today, just quietly in your heart today, just inside you, you don't have to do this out loud, God can hear you. You just tell Him something like this. You just say, Father, I want to go to heaven today. I believe that Jesus died on that cross. I believe that He died for my sins. I believe that He did everything that was necessary for me to go to heaven. I can't earn it. I can't deserve it. I can't pay for it. I can't do enough good to get into heaven, but Jesus is the only way to heaven. And because He died for my sins, and He died in my place, I want to ask you to forgive me today because of what He did. And I want you to take me to heaven because of what Jesus did. And the Bible also says that you need to have faith. You know what faith is? It's just taking God at His word. God said it. I believe it, right? So what you need to say is if you said that prayer today and you truly meant it, you just need to say thank you, God, for forgiving me. And thank you that one day I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did on that cross. Father, I just thank you for these young folks and their lives. And I know they've been through a lot. And I just pray for each one of them right now, Lord, that you would help them, especially those that have trusted Christ today. To realize that today the battle begins because the devil doesn't want them to live for you. The devil wants them to keep doing the same old things they used to do. And in a sense, they can live a little bit like that, but you've put a new want to, a new desire in them, Lord. So help them to do what's right because you've put that power, that want to. You've made them a new creation. Father... And I pray today, especially for those that have not trusted you, that you would help them today to really realize that you are the Christ, that that, that you sent Christ, and that he died for their sins. And if they truly want to be in heaven one day, if they truly want their life to be different in this world, that they need to trust you today. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.